0: Y'all. Yeah. Oh, 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 Wilson takes a snapshot of the defense.
1: Here they come on third and five. Wilson, well, he somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. First down, Jets Wilson. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays
0: in bounds. He's still going. And he's in touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. First signature play for Zach Wilson in his career so far with New York. Jacksonville brings a blitz. They should have had him. He ducks. He gets out of it, makes a good play, and then stays aggressive. Could have gone out of bounds right there. Decides to cut back. And what an awesome play. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 49 of the Flight Deck Podcast. As always, it's your boy TK, joined by my guy, Mr. Matthew Freeze. Mr. Omar Brown in here with us. Uh, but hey, the show will go on, man. What's up, man?
1: What's going on? Hope uh, hope everyone's holidays went well. We still got another one coming up. Big win over the weekend. Uh, I know some people weren't happy about it, but uh, that's why we're here. We're here to talk some sense into some people and uh, digest what happened this past Sunday.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very big win. And as you heard leading up to the, to you know us coming into this episode, a very big run. A fantastic run, man. It was, describe describe Zach's 52-yard team
1: run in one word. I'll let you go first. Uh, Historic. Um, And I say that because that's the longest run by a Jets quarterback in, in their history. He also ran for 91 total yards on only four attempts, which was, I think, the highest average yardage per attempt for any quarterback, you know, rushing the ball in on that meant on that few attempts in it might be NFL history. I know I saw a stat about that, so I'm not entirely sure if that's accurate, but you, you can, you can check. Everyone can check me on that. But no, I would say historic longest, longest, best rushing performance by a Jets quarterback in history and longest run.
0: I agree. Um, for me, the word I would use is, and it's hyphenated, but eye opening. And the reason why I say that is because, Two things. One, he showed us really how how athletic he is, how tough he is. You know, where he slid out that pocket and turned on the Jets. But two, he he showed me, at least for me, dude got heart. And Zach from three weeks ago would have ran out of bounds. Like he's he's showing me like the maturation that he's changing, that he's he's growing into his own, and he's recognizing you know, the little things I got to do to help this team win. So
1: I, I really love that run, man. It's fantastic. It, it put energy into the crowd first and foremost, but if you actually go over and like, look at the play development, all the guys, all the wide receivers are on the left side of the field. So he felt the pressure coming on, you know, obviously his front face side, cause he's a, he's a righty, but he identified the fact that no one was open. No one was getting open. Cause I mean, let's be honest, Wide receivers either dropped the ball or they're having difficulty in separation. Cause our guys really, you know, our starters aren't out there and then rolled out, you know, broke the tackle, rolled out and, and ran and made some people miss. I think the first guy that tried to get him, it might've been because he thought he was going to slide or get out of bounds maybe, but that juke on the, at the, at the 10, 12 yard line was, was something else. And, you know, that's how you get your teammates to buy into you as, as the, you know, a future quarterback is you make plays like that and you put it all on the line for your team. So Overall, just an impressive run. And uh, yeah, I I guess historic eye opening are probably two of the best ways to describe it. Yeah.
0: And and that's how you get the fans to buy it to you. Because, like, we've seen so many people just look for reasons to hate this kid, to hate him, to hate on him, to, you know, do anything they can to not buy into the fact that he's our quarterback. He's a starting quarterback for the New York Jets now. And at minimum for this season and two more, he's going to be there at least three years, unless he just totally just, you know, develops the yips and and just dies out next year. But outside of that, he's going to get his three years, and and people should just accept it for what it is and and hope for the best and root for him to 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 be that guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, but, sure,
0: you know, but we we but we know better. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, man, so so let's let's talk a little bit about that, that Jags game. Um that was a lot to like. It it really was. Um we talked about Zach and, and his 90 something yards. We talked about you know, you know, running the ball. Like we we had ran the ball extremely well all year, but that game, you know, was 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 different. And it showed us what what can be like. Even if you take away Zach's ninety two yards, we're still looking at uh hundred eighty yards. Yeah, like it it was it was a fantastic showing on the ground, man. Um, and it, you couldn't help but wonder like how good it can be once we get that line at you know one hundred percent because we did it with Van Rotten and, and and the the mullet out there, you know. So, I mean, I was totally
1: worried for Zach's safety with, with those two all game. I was worried about Zach's safety from the start, but I mean, you know, when you rush for 273 yards and like you said, you take away Zach's 91, 92 rushing yards, you're still up over 180. First of all, kudos to that offensive line for showing up. I understand that, that we had a bunch of people on the COVID IL. I understand we had a bunch of, they had a bunch of people on the COVID you know, IL with, with everything going on, but, it was just, it was impressive that even our backups were able to step up and and step in and, and you know, kind of, I don't want to say take the ball out of Zach's hands because I, I don't really think that that's the right way to, to, you know, put it. But Michael Carter rushing for what, 115, 112, something like that. It was well over 100. Yeah. yeah. So he, him running for that much is just, it's impressive. The, the offensive line showed up, which makes me happy. Um, And and I think one one, you know, under the radar thing that people need to understand is you, you, you said it earlier. We all thought Zach might've got like the yips or, you know, something like that, uncomfortable in the pocket. It looked like Zach was standing tall in the pocket and delivering the ball where it had to be. Obviously I know he had that, you know, the, I think it was the opening drive or the second drive. He had that pass that he thought, I think Denzel was the wide receiver was open, dropped interception. You know, it, it happens. We we've seen it. He, no one's saying he's perfect. He didn't throw for, for a crap ton of yardage or whatever. But you just saw him stand tall in the pocket, even when maybe he didn't have his A guys in there. But when you, when you have that running game to fall back on, when you have a, a back like Michael Carter, where not only can you rely on him in the pass game, you can rely on, I'm, I'm sorry, rely on him in the run game, you can rely on him in the pass game, and you're missing all your guys. You get, you're chugging out Vincent Smith, Jeff Smith, you know, Denzel Mims, I guess, is, is a lost cause. It's, it's impressive. And, and the Jets, I think this was just, this was such a team win, and the and the thing is, is that people are going to try to detract from it and say, "Well, Zach didn't win it. Zach didn't win. Zach made the plays that needed to be, you know, made, and he did exactly what he was asked to do. And he was just the beneficiary of a really good run game. And we saw it. We're all. We were all. That's why we said at the at the top that there was plenty of good things to take away from this. And I just think the run game being as good as it is, obviously, you can people are going to put a, an asterisk on it being the Jaguars, but overall, just an impressive performance from the Jets. Like, I, see, that's the thing, man. Like, people say he didn't win it. He did.
0: Like, he was responsible for, for two of the three touchdowns that we scored. He, you know, he made some big plays with his feet. Um, And he, he would have had a, you know, probably another 60, maybe 100 yards, because I forget who dropped the ball. But, like, he was like, he catches it, he's off to the races. You know, like yeah, he he did he he won the game because he didn't make the bonehead plays to lose it. Yeah, he could he had an almost pick, but hell, every single game we watched, you know, this week, every single quarterback had an almost pick. That's part of the game. So I, I never look at those like like they mean a whole lot because it's it's a natural part of the game.
1: And it goes but, down. On. Sheet as yeah. not a pick. It's it's non-existent. It doesn't exist on the score sheet. So who right. cares? It's an incomplete pass, you know. But he didn't. He didn't. Well,
0: Trevor had what two fumbles?
1: He, yes. he, yeah. He had two fumbles and lost one. And 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 it, uh, and uh, should have been picked. So if we really want to play, the should have, could have, would have been. We could really exactly. And, and and
0: this is not me knocking Trevor because Trevor's a fantastic quarterback. He 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 looked good. You know, he made some some good decisions at great throws, but he still put the ball on the ground
1: twice. His his lineman saved it. And he has one touchdown in his last eight game or six games, something to that effect. One yeah. touchdown in his last six or seven games. And and granted he could have potentially had, I mean, if we're being really honest, right. That last drive of the game probably should have went the other way. Cause he probably could have just ran it in if he really wanted to, obviously we know, you know, the outcome, but I'm just sick and tired of this, this media narrative. I'm sick and tired of the fan narrative that, that Zach isn't, you know, developing or, or progress needs to be, you know, like that really, really fast. Um, because Zach's been playing great ball since he's come back. Obviously, the Houston game, everyone looks at it it's like, Zach didn't do anything to lose the game, the Jaguars game. Zach did win the game. He did. He had two touchdowns. Yeah, he threw yeah. for a touchdown to a, to Connor McDermott. Like, come on, man. Like, he, If that doesn't show that he has no weapons and no one to throw to, I don't know what will. That's the Shout most out. COVID touchdown thing I'm, I've ever seen. Shout out to McDermott. That was a nice catch. Oh, absolutely. And it was a hell of a run. So, Zach, the, the the detractors, the people in the Facebook group chats that I'm in about the Jets and stuff like that, that continue to say, oh, Zach only threw for First of all, the box score ain't tell the whole story.
0: Right. Exactly. Because, like, you see how how people in these groups, and, and I've called a couple of, of them I've out. called a bunch out. The same ones that said Zach only threw for 102 yards, blah, 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 blah. We're raving over the fact that Mac Jones didn't throw the game away when he had the three the three attempts against uh, whoever it was. The Bills. The Bills. When, when they ran the ball at will. So, I'm like, man, y'all just hate this kid, and, and you don't mind looking stupid, you know, to show it.
1: When he shut you up, the last, he should have shut you up the last couple of weeks since he came back from his injury. He's looked like a better new quarterback.
0: Yeah. Like he has, he he has, he, he's had the, what the one pick that bounced off of, uh, he has three turnovers, seven
1: total touchdowns.
0: Yeah. Like, and, and again, I'm not saying he's, you know, we're, we're not saying he's blowing them out the water. He's just, 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 you know, all of a sudden turned into this all pro quarterback. But what we are saying is there is a noticeable, very noticeable noticeable difference from Zach in the first few weeks to what we've seen in the last four or five games. Like he's 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 hit the 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 easy throws. Yes, he's he's bounced one or two, whatever, but he's looked for those easy throws and he's he's made. Them. He's taking what the defense is has given him and and he's made the right decisions. And then he's starting to run more. And not only is he running more, he's running with a purpose. And he's He's not just, you know, escaping it and running out of bounds. Like he, you know, I saw him dive, you know, on maybe a second, a third run that he did, and for the first down and and, and you know the big play. Like he, the way he, he tiptoed could have ran the out, side, of yeah, he could have easily ran out of bounds in the first guy, but he didn't. He recognized it and he just kept it pushing it. Like you got to give the kid credit for for doing the little things because that's what wins games.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, and there's one play that I want people to go back and look at because it's it was a pivotal point in the game, right? Where I think we were within what we never had a two score lead, or we we had a two score lead, but it was like barely at one point. I forget exactly the the scores at the time, but there was a pass. First of all, can we all agree that the wide receivers have let him down these last since he's come back? They really have from the drops. Yes, to like it's been pretty bad as far as catching the ball and, and I don't know what the hell they're doing over there when they're teaching, teaching guys to catch the ball, but soft hands is what I was always told as a kid. And it looks like stone hands, but you know, beyond that, there's this one play in the game. First of all, Braxton Barrios needs to be resigned. I think we can, we can agree there, but there was a third and I believe it was a third and about six, third and eight in the, in the fourth quarter, where you see Zach go through his progressions and he goes right to the underneath route. And it like, I think that there are a lot of people that are just casual fans at the box score watchers. They're the, they're the, I'm only going to stare at the quarterback the whole game type people that watch the game where they don't see those little things where it's like Zach probably doesn't go through those progressions earlier in the year. He doesn't flick off of his, from his tight end and work across the field like you're taught. And some people don't understand that concept because they haven't learned about it or they just don't care enough to, to learn about it. But I, I was watching that play and I was just like, I, I remember saying to myself, I'm like, Okay, well, that's progress because at least he's not getting the yips like Sam did where it's like on, like the slightest sense of pressure or, or pressure from, you know, the front of you know his face. He's bouncing. He's out. He's running out of the pocket and then he's throwing across his body for another pick. Like Zach stood tall in the pocket and delivered a strike, which was we've been on him about these short passes, delivered a strike for a first down. And it's just like it's the little things that show you progress that people, the ordinary fan might not see. And that's why we're here to tell him go back, go watch it, watch him work from left to right on on his breakdowns. I think Leger, uh Doosable did a did a nice little breakdown on on Twitter where you can go watch it, and he'll show you exactly what I'm talking about, and and you'll be able to see some progress there, which is something he didn't do in the Panthers game in the first week.
0: Yeah,
1: it's something he didn't do any other time. So let's you know give credit where credit's due. Stop being a detractor all the time. Take the win. I know everyone wants draft position, but it is what it is.
0: It you know late. Like- Jay Dooswell and Barton, and all of them, they have been hard on, on the kid when when he's deserved it. You know, like, but they've also given him credit when he does stuff that's credit worthy. So shout out to them for, for being, you know, real. Now, staying with that that Jaguars game. a um, couple things that that bother me. Like the first one is I hate it, they didn't take those. Easy field goals. I'm 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 sorry. You always go for the points. You t- you take the points, especially if if you gonna call a fake with with bra braid man running the ball. Like I I, that just wasn't a move for me. Like like take because you know if they taking the points, I don't I don't think the game would have been close at the end. We wouldn't have been sweating it out at the end. What, what, what did they go for, four three times? They could have had three field goals?
1: Yeah, they, they left plenty of points on. I mean, honestly, if they didn't convert to McDermott, they would have had left, I think, 12 points on the field. Yeah. So, I mean, but I, I think part of it also is, like, it, that fake, like, I understand why they did it. I understand, you know, the desire to get the points. I mean, you're going for broke here anyway, so, like, you know, I, I respect it. you don't have your head coach. Salah probably would have went for the points, but, like, it is what it is. I, 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 get, I get it. The, the, the fake field goal where they had the, the, the option with man and, and uh, I don't know who the holder was. It was a Pinero or I think it was man and yeah. uh, we were, were running like kind of the option. It was just failed execution because if you watch who made the tackle, the, the I think it might have been, was it Wesco before he got hurt? I'm not sure. On the first field goal attempt when they were when they were doing it, he did. He missed his block and it would have been an easy conversion had he made the block. So, you know, I mean, it is I, I appreciate the aggressiveness because, I mean, what are you going to do? You're three and three and whatever at the time. Yeah. So it's like you know, I get it, but I also understand the perspective that people were going to scream at their TVs because they want the points. So uh, you know, it's it's you yeah, look like I a really, genius if you get it. You look like an idiot if you don't. So
0: I really just did not want to lose to fucking Jags. <laughs> there
1: was a like, large I, part I, of our fan base that did.
0: Yeah, and I, I I don't get those people either. Um, like I wanted us to win, and I wanted. I won't exactly throw for 350 and four tubs in this game to prove a fucking point. But considering the fact that he's, he only had one wide receiver show up to play and, and the rest were just, just numbers in, 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 in jerseys, I understand, but he, he still, he still played, played well. Um, the other thing that, that, uh, kind of bothered me. Um, I hate our defense, man. And, I, and I, I get that we were without Q and we were without
1: – we was, we was what, without everybody up front. We were without JFM, Q, Foley. But, golly,
0: the man, they, like, they still – they showed absolutely no life.
1: They can't get off the field
0: ever. Yeah, they could not get off. They couldn't get a three and out or I would take a five, you know, six and out. Anything
1: to save their lives. They couldn't get a three and out Seemed like to save their lives. Outside of that first drive where they held them to the field goal, they're still giving up points, you know, like it's like they're not. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a third and it's not even like they're not able to shut people out on like third and two, third and three, which is more of a makeable third down. It's like it's third a, and eight, third and twelve. It's the third and twelve that just burned me, dog. It, it's any third and ten plus. It's just like, like what? What are we? What are we doing? And like you have those people that are looking and like C.J. Mosley has been solid but not great. Obviously coming back after you know his year off or whatever, but. And people will look at the amount of tackles he has. He has over 135 tackles last time I checked, which yeah. is insane. It's, it's his career high. But, like, that linebacking core is brutal right now. It's brutal. No one can cover a tight end. They're getting lost in the, in the zone. And it's just, it's just bad. And that's ultimately, I really feel like that middle of the field where the linebackers are supposed to fall, you know, be at the, the sticks or, you know, a little behind the sticks, they're just, they're just lost. They don't know what to do. And it's just, it's so disappointing to see, to be like, you, you hear the the siren going off when it's third down at the stadium. Everyone's getting hyped. I, when I was at the game twice this year, third down, third down. And it's just, you know, what's coming. So you can't really get excited. Yeah. He, he has,
0: he has 142, by the way. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Over
1: 135. So 142, which is ludicrous. Yeah, like he he can go all he can
0: go crazy these next two games and end up with like 170 tackles, yeah, which would be just just stupid. Uh, but yeah, man. So like you know, staying with that game and, and staying with defense, there was a a a a bright spot, a very very bright spot for the defense, man. Uh, and, and I'm gonna let you talk about him. But I, uh, I really like seeing Jason Pinnock at at safety. Like, yeah, like he, I uh, was it Marvin Jones, almost caught that ball and he just came across and just, he
1: absolutely demolished it. Just smacked it, like yeah. he he smacked his neck off. Yeah, Jason Jason Pinnock. I mean, coming out of college, came out of pit. We all, you know, I mean, we could be honest when we will discuss this further. The draft class in its entirety, but when he came out of college, we were really, you know, okay, another cornerback. This is this is good stuff, you know. Not in, you know, having already drafted, you know, Michael Carter and whatever. Um, first of all, he was the highest graded defender in all of the NFL in in Week 16, which is impressive. In his first game at safety, which Salah has been on record as saying that. He's, you know, been working at safety for a while. And he fits the the prototype strong safety. He's six, six, one, about two hundred and twenty or so pounds, something like that. And he's a downhill guy. He has great tackling technique. I think Trevor Lawrence had some sort of read option at the goal line. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. And then and then you just see Pinnock come off the edge, not fall for the read option, not fall, you know, get sucked in, made the tackle in the open field. So it's just like an impressive impressive game and it's just it's wonderful to see because when 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 we discuss the draft class as a whole we'll we'll see that we have contribute like this is the draft class that you hope that you get if you're a team where you get a bunch of contributors and Jason Pinnock coming out saying hey I'm gonna you know take you know make the most out of my opportunity and play the way he did and be one of the best run defenders in the nfl this week is just impressive and on top of that he did an interview today where interviewers were asking him how he feels at safety first of all he has the coverage skills to play cornerback i don't want that to get lost in anything right a good safety with a good safety especially strong safety can is more of a box guy he's a good tackler but if you can get a guy that has covered skills and can also tackle the way pen can, can tackle it's you know that's just an added bonus but he came out in an interview today and said that Moving forward, he wants to play safety. He's always felt like he is a safety because he's that bigger guy. He's a bigger frame. He feels like he should be playing safety. And going into the offseason, he wants them to tell him he's going to be playing safety because he wants to go into the offseason and focus on becoming the best safety he can be. Now, obviously, it's a small sample size. It's a one-game sample size. But, you know, looking forward the next two weeks, I'm sure he's going to be getting plenty of reps at safety. And going into the offseason, I don't see why you would even think about moving him back to corner because if you can – I mean, we were talking earlier, you know, a couple weeks ago about Michael Carter potentially moving back to safety if we can't get Marcus May back, right? right. If, you, if you can fill potentially your strong safety role with a guy that you just drafted last week and just tell him, hey, go focus on your footwork. Go focus on your coverage ability, your tackling, you know, whatever the hell, you know, they, they think that he needs to focus most on to be a, a productive NFL safety. And you can fill that just by moving a guy that you drafted last year. That's one less thing you got to worry about going into the offseason. It's, it's one serious. less thing.
0: Yeah, safety is a huge question mark for us. Huge. Both safeties, right? Yeah, man, and, and he 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 graded out very well in the run and in and in the pass game. Yep. and that's that's who uh, put the the hit on on Trevor to make him fumble the ball. That first one that his uh, offensive lineman recovered
1: for the touchdown. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: it was on a two or three or whatever, whatever yeah. it was. But yeah, that was that was pinnacle came in and, and put the wood on 6'6, 220-pound Trevor Lawrence like it was nothing. So yeah, like like I, I really, I really uh was impressed by how he played, man. And and I really do hope that he, he's he's coming back as a safety because like you said, he's got great size, good speed, good instincts. He can play in the run and in the pass game. That's what you want. And if you, if you, you know, if, if he does, you know, give you that average to above average play, you got him, you know, on the contract four years for cheap.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then obviously we know we have Ashton Davis too, who's, believe it or not, hasn't been playing terrible. I mean, he misses tackles here and there. Like, it, it is what it is. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, right. we've seen some pretty piss poor tackling from pretty much everyone after like week four when they got grinded down. But, uh, you know, if Pinnock could turn into something, it's one less thing that you got to worry about come draft season and, and, and free agency is where, you know, what am I going to do here? What am I going to do there as far as filling these holes? Because there are so many damn holes to be filled. And if you can just scratch off one with a guy that you have internally under contract for cheap for four years, you can allocate resources to other positions. And yeah. when I tell you we have, I would say, six to seven, maybe eight glaring holes we we probably have more than that, but that's just me right. being generous. So 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 let's let's
0: let's let's stay with that for a second. The the draft, and not not the upcoming draft. You know me; it's, it's too early for me. But talking about that 2021 draft draft class, that you know we, we're talking about Zach, and we talked about Michael Carter uh running back. We are talking about Jason Pinnock, who could, you know, could possibly be a starting safety, or at very at the worst, a a great, you know, death piece at safety. What was he, a 6 round pick? Yep.
1: Something Fifth like or that.
0: sixth. He was very late, put it like that. We we can go All back. Most of these guys but,
1: were like after the fourth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we we can go back and and, and fine-tune the details, but we know he was late. But uh so you got you got guys, those, those three guys, then you got Michael Carter the second, um who, who's played very well. You got Brandon Echols, who's who's the reigning uh of, of the week the, you know rookie of the week. Uh who else is I mean, I know I'm missing somebody. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we saw go
1: ahead.
0: We we saw Holmes and uh he he looked good first two or three weeks, got hurt. He see he, but he's playing special teams now. He's what fifth, sixth round. Um oh. God, who was that? The other one. Sure. Yeah, Jamie
1: Sherwood. He's he's done, he's done for the year, but okay. I mean, in his limited time, he looked like a rookie, like what you would expect from a rookie.
0: Yeah, but he he's shown flashes. Um so oh uh Isaiah Dunn, he's made a, a you know, a play here and there. So you look at this, this twenty twenty one draft class, and uh, they they were almost especially if, if like I said, Zach doesn't have to be a superstar. If he's Alex Smith, it was a fucking win. But you look at this twenty twenty one draft class, and it almost makes you forget about twenty twenty completely.
1: Yeah, I mean. Honestly, this is the type of I I said earlier. This is the type of draft class that GMs dream of of getting. We just mentioned all these late guys without even bringing up Zach. Really, we didn't bring up AVT. We didn't bring up Elijah Moore or Michael Carter, who have all been obvious contributors, who have all been average to above average players. I mean, Michael Carter has superstar written all over him. Elijah Moore, before he got you know before he hit the IL, was showing glimpses of the wide receiver we were told he was, and we believe that he will be. AVT has been a monster. So it's it's this is the draft class that GMs dream of. This is the draft class that you see often. The Colts have where Ballard down there just mops the floor with 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 everyone. They find he takes Darius Leonard and he's called a a lunatic taking him in the second round, but he turns out to be the defense, probably defensive player of the year this year and the best middle linebacker in football. So it's like this is what draft classes are made of. This is what you're supposed to do. This is how you build depth and you build a team. You build through the draft. We've been saying this for years. For years as Jets fans, we've just wanted something to hang our head on. And as much as obviously everyone likes to say, okay, Joe Douglas as a GM, his, this is his record, right? This is his record six and whatever as, as a GM. But Joe Douglas has drafted very well. Even obvi- Listen, Denzel Mims has been a flop, and we all agree he's been a flop. He's still going to get opportunities per solid, but he's been a flop. Becton, there's nothing you can do. There's nothing you get rolled up on like that. It happens. You're a 360 pound man, and you got people calling. First of all, you got fans calling him a fat ass, and you know whatever. On on, you know, first of all, they're all tough guys behind the keyboard. But I don't even know. Whatever. The 2021 class has been what dreams are made of. If he can replicate this class and get contributors in this upcoming class, we're cooking. We have plenty. We have plenty of picks and plenty of talent to uh to to build this thing. And and honestly, the holes that we have are obvious. And and the contributors that we have from this 2021 class have just been astounding and they're only gonna get better. This is their first year. And, and and I don't even know, man. We got two games to finish this up. They got a whole off season, hopefully a normal off season with you know COVID and everyone getting their vaccinations and stuff in order. But listen, this this class has a chance to be historic and and as much as they've been great, it does hinge on Zach becoming, like you said, if Zach can be an Alex Smith, we'll take it. I personally liken Zach more to a Derek Carr from a gunslinger perspective. Oh, sh- listen. But would I you take Zach Wilson to be a 4,000-yard passer and get you 30 touchdowns, maybe throw 12 picks a year? Of course. That's more confident QB play than we've gotten from anyone in, in, since when? Listen, I would take
0: 4,000, 4,200, 4, 4,400, whatever, and a two-and-a-half-to-one ratio on TD to interceptions every year. Like you, you can win Super Bowls with that.
1: With the with the defense, you just need to keep making draft classes like this. Though, if yeah. you get that quarterback play, and you add, first of all, we all agree we got to add talent at the wide receiver position. Still, we need some tight ends, probably another guard. But if you can replicate this draft class, which is hard, this, replicating what we did in twenty twenty one is hard. It's Ooh. not easy, but. There should be the most confidence in Joe Douglas that we've ever had. Cause we questioned the draft at the first point we did, we were like, what the hell, why are we getting uh Pinnock and Eccles? Who are these guys? And then they're contributing. And we, you know, the whole season. So if you can replicate this, we're cooking.
0: Yeah. Well, to be fair, that, that was, that was some, you know, the, the live reactions, but like after they, you know, they drafted and we came back and did the episodes on them like we were all like okay we can kind of, you know we see, what, we see the you know, what it is yeah but like we were high on, on Hamza immediately yeah like that I'm was still high on Hamza yeah hell yeah yeah but like if if you look at at this draft man he's any gm would be over the moon to say that i got production solid production out of eighty five to 90 percent of my draft class like that's that's what he's hitting on right now. if you look at that entire 2021 outside of Sherwood you know him being hurt and he was yeah he was me outside of a, a couple of plays everybody else he's really gotten some out of like who who did he draft that he cut? He hasn't cut a single player that he's drafted. Exactly.
1: That's what a good hand does.
0: Yeah. Like to say, I drafted 11, 12, whatever it was, 13 maybe. I can't remember the total number. But to say I drafted all these guys, and at some point, each and every one of those guys made a play this year, and I hadn't had to cut a single guy. As a GM – you couldn't ask for more, much more than that. The ownership couldn't ask for much more than that.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing is, is you got people, obviously, that are going to be critical. It's like, that, why isn't it translating to wins? First of all, Joe Douglas came here, and the idea was this isn't going to be a one-year or two-year thing. This is going to be a three- or four-year, you know, rebuild. Now, we understand that in the NFL, you can go worst to first. We see it all the time. I mean, the, the, look at the NFC West, right? The NFC West was was brutal for years. And now they're one of the better divisions in football. They're going to have two or three p- potential playoff teams. So it's like people got to understand that it's not always going to translate to wins immediately. But Joe Douglas has shown the propensity to draft very well. Yeah. And yeah. what better way to, to, you know, improve your roster than to draft well. And then also not only draft well, but put yourself in a position to draft well in the future also as far as picks at high premium picks are concerned. So it, it's just, Joe Douglas has done a great job. I think honestly it, it, it does, it goes without saying, because people will come down to it's the record. It's the record. It's the record. Robert Sala is doing what, the best he can. They're all, first of all, Michael Ford has been a godsend since he went up to the button, you know, the box. Yeah. But they're doing the best they can with the youngest roster in the NFL. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but overall it's very impressive. Yeah, it. Listen, man. I um. Uh,
0: I don't care about the wins. Like I, I love. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't want to see him win. I don't. I don't root for losses. But we all came into this. Anybody with with sense came into this season saying it's not about wins and losses per se. It's about growth. It's about production. It's about recognizing talent and, 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 you know, making sure that you take that talent and mold it and make it into something. And I I think that's what, you know, we are seeing, like, I I, I have, uh, I have a lot of confidence in the people that he drafted this year, going into next year. Like Zach looks like he's going to be a good, a good player. Good at who can turn it into something great. I'm not going to put the greatness on him like a lot of people try to do, but I do see uh, I see Michael Carter becoming a hell of a running back.
1: No, without a doubt.
0: Like, you know, you put that, you you showed me the uh, you know, he was a highest grade, second highest graded rookie rusher this week. Uh, only behind is his partner at at UNC,
1: Monte. Oh, no, no, no. He was number one. Oh, no, he was number one. 79.3, yeah. I believe, was his grade. Yeah. Yeah.
0: that. 79.9. I just pulled up. He was number one. So, you got that with him. And then, uh, in the whole, whole league, out of all the running backs in the league who's eligible, he has the third highest percent of forced missed tackles. Out of the whole league. So... You've got a guy who can who runs hard. He can run inside the tackles, run outside. You got a guy who can catch the ball, who's shifty, who's who has strength. And as he's shown, he will make you miss him. He he runs hard and and causes missed tackles. He can catch. He goes in his offseason and works on his blocking. He's going to be a a tough three-down back. You got him in the fourth round. Yeah, he, uh, you got Elijah Moore. Like you said, he looks. He's he started to look every every bit as advertised that you know Odell and you know uh, uh, A.J. Brown and all of them. We're, we're talking about you know when we got him, you got a special. When he he's looking apart. part. A.V.T. You see what he's doing. Okay. Michael Carter the second. He like a Marsman. The has been saying this for a, a while now. A AB, V uh ABT. Michael Carter II looks like he would be the best slot cornerback in, in the National Football League. What was he? Fifth? Yeah. So you got you have a a stud running back, a stud wide receiver a stud left guard, a good quarterback, a stud uh slot corner who could possibly play safety. Um you have guys like Pinnock and, and oh and you got a, a starting quality cornerback in Eccles sixth round out of Kentucky Who's all and they're all getting these valuable, valuable, valuable reps. They're getting to you know learn it from their mistakes on the field this year. In a you know in a develop developmental year, I'm telling you, man, I I have great confidence in in all those guys coming into next season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the one thing, and obviously, I know C.J. Mosley was supposed to be like the veteran, you know guy in the, in the room and whatever. But I, I think in the offseason, there's there's one or two routes you can go this offseason. I think the route that I would prefer to go is you got to go out there and you spend on that defense. You bring in a couple more veteran guys. You bring in a guy like uh, Dante Jackson from, from Carolina, another cornerback who could be your number two because Bryce Hall is quickly establishing himself as a number one. Like Like it or not, he's establishing himself as a number one. You bring in another cornerback, you potentially re-sign Marcus May, maybe bring back LaMarcus Joyner on a 1 year, see if Pinnock can make that transition. You got Ashton Davis. You re-sign Foley if you can. And and you really go hard in free agency at that defense on that defense cuz I don't think that the reason why they give up these plays like that is because of lack of talent. I think it's they're just young. They're very young. It's hard when you're when your average age is 22, 23 years old. I mean, were you good at your job at 22? Because I sure as hell wasn't. Nah. So, you know, it, it, it's tough. And people forget that the NFL, as much as, yeah, they get paid a lot of money to be good at their job. And I and I get that. But when your average age is 23 years old, Bryce Hall was a fifth round pick. So he ain't getting paid as much as, you know, these top guys are. But, you know, if you, they're getting these valuable reps, like you said, and if they if we go out there and we bring in some veteran guys, some guys that can teach the young guys how to, how to play ball a little bit, you know, a little bit better or, you know, a small technique or something like that. The, the, the upcoming draft is literally offensive talent. So yeah, you, you're sitting pretty. So it's like, that's what, that's what they got to do this off season and seeing what the defense has been, been able to do given the circumstances, how young they are. It's, it, it has it's been tough to watch with, like we said, the third down and eight, the, the long conversions and stuff like that. But they'll get there because they're young and it's no one was good at their job at 23 years old. And no one can convince me of that. Uh, and, and, and let's, let's, let's be real, man.
0: You know, when you say get paid a lot of money in their
1: world, they're not, they, paid they, they, they don't. Money.
0: They, they are the equivalent of a couple of bucks higher than minimum wage in our world. Yeah. You know, league average.
1: That's, that's what it is. Their league average salaries. Potent- like,
0: or potentially. Yeah. Like they, they aren't, they, they aren't breaking the bank. You, you got somebody like, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think, Lam- uh, not Lamar Jackson, because um, we had a Lamar Jackson, uh, Bryce Hogg, they, they was drafted right there together. But, uh, Bryce, I want to say maybe his, his, his deal was,
1: two million maybe if that it it was like total two million it was like a four year two million dollar deal so he's making like a couple hundred thousand dollars
0: yeah so you know what let me look it up real quick because because now it's it's piqued my interest
1: yeah i mean well you look that up i just want to say it's like when i say that they're you know not good at their job that's i don't mean that they're not good at football I just mean that there's more to the game than just it being football. Not everything is backyard football on Thanksgiving, you know, throwing the ball around or, you know, with the family or something like that. It's, it takes more than that. So it's not that they're not good at football. It's just, they haven't made the the, the required adjustments. They haven't learned the required techniques or they're implementing things that they're just learning within the year. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I learned something new at my job and and it doesn't click with me until a year later. So Stuff like that happens. But when I tell you that when you have the youngest roster like we do, when you're shut – I mean, no – I think we were – last I checked, I saw another stat that said our guy, our rookies, 3. and 6. our young players –
0: what's the 3.6 million over four uh, years. Okay, so he's making, you know, pennies. He it says not, his four-year average is $902,701.
1: So less than a million dollars compared to, to – and you're getting number one cornerback play out of a guy making less than a million dollars when there are cornerbacks yeah. out there making $20 million a year. For two more years at that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can't tell you how many times that I've done some and it just hasn't clicked until the next year. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where we stand with that. You got a young roster. They're going to get better. These reps are going to be nothing but positives. And the best part is, is you got plenty of money in the offseason to go out and spend and bring in some veteran guys that can teach the young guys who now have a whole bunch of reps different techniques and how to improve further than they already did in the previous year. So, I don't know, man. We're looking for big steps next year,
0: and and you know, talking about Joe and talking about the draft, it his his other moves cannot be under you know understated as well. Like his his he's been a, he's been a trade magician. Okay, um, he he has been a. <laughs> it's, it's, it's mind blowing to see how he's fleeced these people with these trades. Um, but you got that. And then you got the un the undrafted free agents that he's acquired. Uh you got the 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 off season uh pickups that he's acquired. It was cut, you know, the, the Quincy Williams's and 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 all of those. And then you have in my opinion, what has turned out to be two of the best moves that, that we could possibly have looking at into next year, he has a top 10 left tackle and a top 10 center who total next year will be $21 million cap in Fant and McGovern. Trent Williams makes 23 million next year, left tackle, by the way.
1: Oh my God. The, the, sometimes it takes a couple of years to look back and realize, damn, this guy knows what he's doing. And I think this is just one as far as the fan and the McGovern thing is concerned. The fact I I have asked, you know, you and you and in the group chat, it's like, wait, we have fan for another year. I think it's like what, like 10 million, not ten and a half million dollars next year?
0: Yeah, he's he's 10 point five or 10.3 or something like that. And then McGovern is
1: 10.5. So you're getting top 10 play from both positions. First of all, McGovern's coming back next year. I know people are like, oh, you should cut him, save money on the cap. No, 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 no. Because this is how you build cohesion. And he's 29 years old. This is how you build cohesion across your offensive line. Next year, you could potentially have an offensive line that looks something like this. You got Beckton. ABT, McGovern, question mark at the right guard, fan on the right, or if, you know, whatever they want to do with, with fan back. then if they want fan on the left back then on the right, who cares? Like you can go out and you can chug out an offensive line like that, bring in another piece, whether it's through free agency and Brandon Scherf or draft someone, and you can establish that offensive line and what better way to help your young quarterback than to, than to do that. But I, I want to give a quick pick update for those that, you know, obviously think all is lost because we won a game. Um, you know, or, or whatever. But the Jets right now, first of all, if you would have told me Seattle was going to suck as bad as they do, I would have called you, I would have called you a liar because Russell Wilson drags that team by, you know, by their hair all the time. Uh, yep. But right now we're sitting pretty at, at four. We're sitting pretty at six. And th- this is in the first round. And then we got 36 and 39 or 40, depending on what what happens on top of that, we have 68 in the third, Two fourth rounders and two fifth rounders that will change because of, you know, tiebreakers and, and, and whatever. I can't express. We, we want to talk about the George Fant and the McGovern contracts and how well those have panned out for, for Joe Douglas. But the fact that he's been able to get a fourth round pick for Herndon, a second and fourth round pick for Sam Donald. It's just like, he set this, if at, I understand the record is what it is, but he has done everything in his power to not only set himself up in 2021 with a great draft class, but set himself up moving forward with cap and a crap ton of draft picks in 2022. So it's just, it's been amazing to see. And in, in a season where it's like, there's some fans that thought we were going to just come out and light the league on fire because Zach Wilson, but in a season where this is kind of what we thought was going to happen. We, I think I predicted six wins, six or seven wins. So I'm a, yeah. I'm a couple off, but in a season like that, to come out and, and, and really be able to see the direction this franchise is going and the fact that they have some key pieces under contract next year that turned out to be top 10 players at their position in McGovern and Fan, and the ability to add more players through free agency, it's just it's a beautiful thing to see. And you can at least see the plan because as Jets fans, we've always just, or not, you know, sane Jets fans we've always wanted a direction for the team. We've wanted solid to be a CEO coach. We wanted a CEO GM and, and this is what they've been doing. They've been establishing a culture, which you can see that the guys are still playing hard into week 16 and they have four wins and they're still just as happy about a win as they are, you know, if they were 10 and six. So it, it's just, it's been great. The players have bought in. Um, we don't really look at the wins right now as a, as a way to determine if the team is headed in the right direction, but they are set up for a great draft, a great off season, and and they have some talent that's going to take a step next year. And and if everyone takes a step, like Bryce Hall took a step this year, then we're really going to be sitting pretty. Yeah.
0: Very. And, uh, man, you know, um, there are so many ways that they could attack this team next year. Like, right now, we're sitting on about $61 million, you know. And as you said about the picks, you, we got two picks in the first, two picks in the second, and then the fourth, fifth, so on and so on. Like, he has capital to do anything he wants. Anything. And I, I honestly expect uh, huge steps from this team next year. Because of the valuable reps that these young guys are getting, and you know, a lot of people say nobody wants to come here. I I think that's changing. I think I disagree. Also, like you, you know, you had Carl Lawson, who who will be back next year. By the way, as good uh, as a first round pick coming, uh, as good know. as a first round pick coming back. He talked about why he came, like solid. He he came for solid. He said it, uh, oh, ninety eight, number ninety eight. He's play, uh Sheldon yeah. Rankins. He's back next year too. Yeah, he said it. Like you got these guys who who's who's saying this like this, and it's not a fluke. You know what I'm saying? And I I think, and that's why I really want Zach to finish strong, and why I really want us to win these last two games, or at the very least. Look very competent and look like a decent team, because other guys will see that oh, I can help them and get paid.
1: Yeah, and and that's all we can ask for is that I do agree, I wholeheartedly agree, because I think that when players sign places, sometimes yeah, it is because they want to win. Other times, it's because the culture is good and they see what they're trying to build. And I think any any casual fan, isn't it doesn't have to be a Jets fan. Anyone can look at this team and say okay, there's direction there. The quarterback's been getting better the last couple of weeks since he's come back from the injury. There's direction there. They're just, they're missing, you know, a bunch of pieces, but I want to be a part of that. And to your point about Lawson, Lawson coming back is, is going to hinge or uh, have a lot of effect on what we do in the draft because he's an edge guy. And this draft class has two premier, three, four, maybe five premier edge guys. So, I mean, I'll leave that for another day, but him coming back is as good as, that fills one of the eight holes that I, that I thought we had for next year. So that's one less. So you already have funds allocated to him. So you can allocate other funds to other players. And like I said earlier, go out there, buy, bring back uh, LaMarcus Joyner, bring back Marcus May, if you can on a cheap deal, bring back Foley, and then go out there, sign, you know, a guy like the uh, Dante Jackson and and stuff like that. and, And build that defense with the funds you got and allocate the rest of your resources to the offense and do what other teams do when they have a quarterback on a rookie deal. Bring in a billion weapons because we're, we're seeing it right now, right? We see it with the Cardinals. They have a billion weapons and Kyle Murray is on a rookie contract. Yeah. So you see the direction that this team's headed. You see, other players for sure see the direction. The players love Salah. I think Salah has been, been everything that I thought he was going to be. I didn't, None of us thought we were going to be a, a playoff team this year. It would have been nice, but no one thought it was going to be a thing. But you can see the direction, and even the way he speaks about his players, and the players speak about him, you see that there's there's a culture being established, and there's a direction for the team. And I think that as Jets fans, that's all we've wanted for years that in a Super Bowl. But you know what? One thing's come before you know culture and and, and establishing that comes before Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Now, <clears throat> you know, you 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 just said about about um, Carl Lawson coming back next year. The other person that I'm interested in how he's coming back next year is Mikhail Bectin. He's he's officially done for the year. A lot of speculation about his weight, his work ethic, blah, 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 blah. Um, But yeah, man, I'm really hoping that he comes back next year, and, and he's 100% healthy. He's in, in, in shape,
1: and he's ready to go. I think he would be nasty on the right side. I think it doesn't matter where you play him. He's going to be nasty. But I, I, I want to put it in perspective for fans that are harsh on him about his weight or whatever. Salah has come out multiple times and said it has nothing to do with his weight. has nothing to do with his weight. I mean, for anyone that, I mean, I've hurt my ACL. I, I've had someone roll up on me when I was younger and it's not easy to, to, to get over it lingers and, and the slightest movement walking up a stair you can tweak it. I still feel that pain sometimes every, you know, when I'm, when I'm at work at my office. So people want to indict Becton as, you know, this boss, this massive boss, you know, whatever, because of his weight. Sala has said, that's not the case you can't blame them for getting rolled up. I mean, go go back and watch the replay and then have a family member do exactly what happened. You know, have have a if you have a 300-something-pound family member, have them roll up on the back of your leg. Have them do it. Because if you're 100 pounds, imagine what a 300-pound man that has to walk on those legs every day has to go through when they get rolled up like that and then the, the recovery. But next year, the, like you said, to the, to the point, you get Beckton back, a healthy Beckton for a year, it's as good as getting another first-round pick. Simple as that. So I'm not out on Beckton. I think that you got Bryce Hall, who could be a number one cornerback. You got Braden Mann, who has found his form as of recent. I think we would all agree. I mean, he had a couple of shanks a couple of weeks ago, and we were harsh on him. But he's found it. I mean, it looks like he's fine now. If Becton comes back next year, whether it's on the left or the right side, and he plays exactly how he played for the 13 games of his rookie season, you won't hear a complaint about me from that 2020 draft class as much as I wish Denzel Mims panned out. You won't hear a complaint from me because a franchise left tackle, or in this case, right tackle, if that's what he ends up playing, whichever one to me is, is what this team needs. And it, it, it's of utmost importance. I agree. And I'm,
0: I'm not all the way out on men's. He hasn't helped himself. Um, I'm not either,
1: unfortunately.
0: But like, I would, I would love for him to, to come back, and uh, we'll go into the off season and really work on everything. Work on you know his his route running. Work on his playbook retention. Work on you know all the lines that. up. Yeah, like I would love him to do all of that, and. If he can come back and give us Tyler Boyd, that would be massive. Like, if, if, if he comes back and gives us Tyler Boyd, and, and I'm, I'm talking about, let's just say 2020 Tyler Boyd. 80, no,
1: not, yeah, I was going to say not 2021, because uh, that wide receiver core over there is lighting it up. Well, you know what? I'll take 2021. Twenty twenty one Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd from this year, who has sixty three receptions, eight hundred yards, and four touchdowns. Oh, he's on the low end of the the totem pole over there between him, Higgins and a uh, Chase, right?
0: Yeah, and like you, I would take that because, like you said, if 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 he was, you know, somewhere else, he would probably have eleven hundred yards. If he and, was with the Packers or the Saints, you know, he'd be eleven hundred yards. Yeah. So, so let, let you know give me give me this Tyler Board out of Denzel Mims to go along with with Corey Davis and and, and uh Elijah Moore and whoever they got a tight end, which which will who be knows two tight ends, is. hopefully. Yeah. So you, you get that from him and you get back then back. That means he has two draft classes where he's He's gotten 11, 12 starters. Yep. You, 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 can't, you can't knock that at all. Those two come back, that means he's hit on his first round and second round picks in his first two drafts. Yeah. Think about I mean, that.
1: Uh, you you put it nice and eloquently for Denzel Mims. I mean, yeah. honestly, sixty something receptions from him. I obviously no one can see it right now, but um, listen, man, I would take forty. I would take forty receptions for five six hundred yards. Be a contributor. Don't yeah. just be a, don't just be a dude standing on the field. You know what I mean? Like we have plenty of those. We have Jeff Smith. We have Vincent Smith. We have plenty of those guys that that don't. But I'll tell you right now. I am not going into this offseason thinking Denzel Mims is going to make some sort of Tyler board leap or even half of a Tyler board leap. I'm going into this offseason and this draft with the idea that I need to add a minimum of two tight ends in the offseason, whether it's David Njoku, uh, Dalton Schultz, or, you know, uh, Billingsley from Alabama, one of these guys, the college guys coming out likely or, you know, whatever. I'm adding two tight ends minimum. By the way, Trevor Wesco has actually not been – He's he's contributed, which has been nice. Um, but I'm going into the offseason. season. I you gotta bring in another wide receiver because you can't sit there and you can't hope and pray that that oh, he turns that, that Mims turns into even half of what what Tyler Boyd is. So yeah. it, it, it'll be interesting. But listen, man, it, it, if you get something from Becton, you get Lawson back. Those are two first round picks to me that are coming back. So I'd be fine with that. And I I've been on record and I'll say it again. If Becton can play a full 16, 17 games now, I don't care if Denzel Mims pans out because I care more about protecting the left side or the right side of the offensive line and your future fan, franchise quarterback than I do about getting a wide receiver to to, to pan out. Because I, if, if I'm the Jets, I'm going out and I'm drafting a wide receiver this year. Of so, course. yeah, interesting. Like
0: I, I'm not saying don't don't bring somebody in. I'm I'm just I'm bringing okay, two I, people I, in. I. I I really want this to work out for that kid. Even like if it's just I, needs
1: to get his draft value, uh his pick value up so you could trade him. Yeah, like
0: I really want him to do something. To just just being real. But you know, man, we'll uh we'll see. So this week we got Tampa Bay coming up. And in uh Tampa? uh I think we are. Yeah. Oh jeez, yeah. So they they go down to Tampa Bay. I I got nothing like like even well you know Bruce Arians is, is he's he's out, but today, uh, but I'm pretty sure Byron left would take the helm and I don't see it being much of a drop off as far as. As far as like you know, play calling, you know, and all of that. Um, but I just I don't know, man. No, you know, normally we do the the um, advantage disadvantage thing here, but it's kind of hard to to do that now, especially with COVID and who's who's in, who's not. Like everything changes on on a whim right now, and um, I do see Tampa Bay coming back angry and and ready to ready to to
1: to, to fire off on it. And you know, Tom Brady hates the Jets. Yeah, he he says he owns the color green, so you know, we should wear black just because. Maybe that'll throw him off.
0: Yeah, so. I, I I just I just hope they don't get in there and get give up another 40 or 50 burger like we've seen, like we've seen before. Cause I mean they're going against the number two ranked offense in Tampa Bay. And our our defense, past defense, what like
1: uh 31st or second. Yeah. It, it, you know, and yep. they don't have they don't have four net, but they got they don't running, have anything, running, honestly. Yeah. They don't got Godwin or Mike Evans, but they still got Gronk, Cameron Brate, and uh, and uh, AB. AB, they got Tyler Johnson.
0: You know, Ronald um, Jones can't run the ball, like we can't stop the run. So it's gonna be tough, Sled Man. Um, I like I said, I I don't I don't have like a advantage disadvantage for this game. All I all I have is hopes that. They look competent, especially on the offense. Like I, I pretty much wash my hands of the defense. That's nothing
1: you can say. No, it's just gonna it's gonna be an it's gonna be a master class from Tom Brady like it always is. So I mean, it, it is what it is.
0: And I mean, like they've already opened up as like two touchdown favorites. Right? Yeah. So, you know, we're we're at it, it is what it is with that. But um Yeah, I just hope they go in and, and, and show some fight. Zach shows some oxy, shows, you know, again, shows growth, shows uh, competency, makes some, some plays with his arms and with his feet, you know, if they catch the ball for him. But, again, I just don't want to – I don't want to see a 40-13 to 13 type of victory for Tampa Bay.
1: Uh uh-huh. Well, you better strap in because that's probably what it's going to be. Uh, the only way the Jets can even have a, a chance is if Tom Brady forgets how to play football and Byron Leftwich leaves his playbook when he goes to interview for the Jaguars job. So that's the only way that they're going to have a chance. Mind you, Byron Leftwich belongs, just side note, he should be a head coach somewhere without a doubt. And I really do hope he goes back to the, to the Jaguars because I think he'll be good for them. Not only because he's a former player, but because... Yeah. You know, he's been a hell of a coach, but that's beyond the point. Bruce Arians is is a good coach, but I think Byron Leffert and, and Todd Bowles are just going to make it extremely difficult on both ends of the – Oh, you, you know, know Bowles and, is going. And Bowles is going to send, send the heat. They're going to be without Shaq Barrett, which is nice. So, to, you know, hopefully he's okay, Um, which is nice, but they still got Vita Vey and, and Dominican and Sue on the interior, and that's where we're going to have some trouble. Yeah. I don't like, – like, Go
0: ahead. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like – Think about that defense. They can kill you with just a four up front.
1: Well, yeah, because they can, because their secondary is not their strong point. They lost yeah. their corners, and, and their corners have been been roughed up. And we don't have the wide receiver personnel to beat their corners anyway. So, you know, it, it's going to be tough sliding for the Jets, yeah. I think.
0: So, for this game, not only are we getting Coach Sala back, uh, the Jets tweeted out that they've activated Michael Carter's second. They've activated Foley Fadakassi. They've activated Elijah Riley, Joe Flacco, Elijah Riley, Jonathan Marshall, Hamza Dean. Hopefully, we get to see Kenny your boy. That they they activated him, um, and they brought back no. Uh, let's see, Noah Dawkins, Lamar Jackson, and Tanzel Smart have been restored to the practice squad. Hmm. And that's, that's interesting hell I, I, I thought we had got rid of uh, Lamar Jackson, so he didn't cut a single player from last year. <laughs> wow, okay uh then you got these guys coming back from COVID, Vincent Smith, LDT, AVT, JFM, Ashton Davis and Helma Rashid. Hopefully they'll come back this week,
1: but they came back from COVID so. Some, uh, some reinforcements, none of which moved the needle for me, unless I hear Elijah Moore somehow is, is cleared to go. He's well, still fighting for his, his – uh, he's probably going to be questionable until the day, the day before, until Saturday. I'm sure we'll have an idea. Well, LDT, ABT, and JFN moved the needle. From what, like 35 to, to 17 to like – or I'm sorry, 35 to 10 to like 35 to 17? I mean, with AVT and LBT, yeah, like
0: the offense will look competent, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and and that's that's you know that's all that I'm, I care about at this point. So you got those two coming back and help helping Zach. Now I don't know if the other guys are helping him as far as the, the actual playmakers, but hopefully he'll have some time. Yeah, uh, Elijah Moore remains on IR. And the COVID 19. So we he's out. Uh Jamison Crowder, he's 50-50 for Sunday per Robert Sala. But they do say Moore still has some hurdles to clear with regard to his injury. So
1: I don't yes, know. You just gotta hope that they could they could find a way. But again, we're at the end of the season. Obviously, we're not we're playing for you know for improvement here. And I'd rather go in like I know it's gonna be tough with obviously given the injuries and whatever, but I'd rather err on the side of caution and, and health going into the off season. Cause you don't know what's going on with right. with COVID people getting injured and, and whatever. So I'd err on the side of caution. If they, if there is even a doubt in your mind that they can't play, then you just, you just don't play them. And, and I'm okay with that. Obviously I know, you know, people are going to be very critical of Zach, but like Zach gets a mulligan for the next two weeks in my mind, cause he's going against playoff hungry teams fighting for seating with no one with no one, no wide receivers, no talent at the tight end position, Michael Carter, and that's and, and a hope and a dream. So all we hope is Zach can go out there and at least make some throws that, you know, go, make some throws, go through some progressions, whatever, and not get hurt. And that's it. And I'm, and I'd be okay with that. If he goes out there and he goes 15 for, for 25, for 150 yards, no touchdowns, I'm fine with that. I don't care. But yeah. you know, you're, you're, we're going to have, we're going to have to hear after this game, that people are, like, out on him or he's a bust, or whatever. Like, every week, it, it's, it's pathetic.
0: But now if he goes in there and somehow lights it up. <laughs>
1: which is the most NFL thing ever.
0: Yeah, which is the most NFL thing ever. It, it will be the, the the. If he goes out there and he does what insane. he did to
1: the Eagles the first half, and the defense just sucks, and he gets three possessions in the second half, that's fine with me. Yeah. I don't know, man. Todd Bowles is going to treat, treat Zach Wilson like, like Bill Belichick does. No mercy. Bunch of different fronts. Bunch of guys at the, the line of scrimmage bailing. We know what's going to happen. But listen, it would be the most NFL thing if Zach goes out there and throws for 250 and two touchdowns. So yeah, I, I just don't want to see any turnovers. I, it's
0: yeah. going to happen. He's going to get stripped uh, yeah. I can already see it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not surprising if it happens but uh yeah man so hopefully they just don't embarrass themselves
1: that's that's where we're at the the tough thing is is that they're in tampa and they're gonna be are they are we sure they're in tampa um why do i feel like they're not in tampa man i i for some reason I, i thought they were Hold on, let me
0: let me check. No, that. no, no, no. They're at home. Bucks at the Jets. Yeah.
1: Play for pride, boys. Play for pride. Beat Tom Brady. Play for pride. That's that, That's it. We want to talk about advantage, disadvantage. The advantages. We're still gonna have the home crowd coming out to see if we could make Tom Brady look like Tom Brady did in the AFC Championship or the AFC uh, playoff game in two thousand nine. So there we go. We'll play. We'll play for that. Yeah. Play for your coach.
0: Play for your coach, play for pride. Now, um, you know, yeah, we, I think we've pretty much uh, touched on all the necessary things we need to touch on Jets wise. You got anything you want to add to this conversation?
1: Uh, not as it relates to the Jets, but uh, I know that, you know, early in pre-production, we wanted to just uh, send our condolences out, our thoughts and, and prayers out to the the Madden family. Uh, you know, he passed tragic, well, unexpectedly yesterday at the age of 85. Uh, Hall of Fame coach still has the highest winning percentage in the NFL, in NFL history. Um, you know, it's tough because I feel like even if, you know, I wasn't around when he was coaching, but. It sounds stupid, but he touched my life and in, in all the family gatherings I would have when I would meet up with, with relatives to play Madden, which yeah. is, you know, it it, 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 I, maybe in hindsight, it's not as stupid as it sounds because it, it touched a lot of people's hearts as much as it is just a video game. And, and that I was actually looking at the story. He actually gave his Raiders playbook from when he was in, you know, when he was coaching, he gave them to the developers of the game so they could oh, learn yeah. and understand how, how to, you know, set it up different coverages and so on and so forth so it's like you just don't realize what a guy like like that has you know the impact he has on on your life without actually you know knowing it but i mean even if it's just from that small playing madden with my family it, it he's touched everyone's hearts in, in some form or fashion or every family's hearts in some form or fashion so it's a it's a tough pill for the nfl world to swallow and uh
0: yeah yeah like like he 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 touched a lot of people you know in the NFL world, but his reach on the gaming world is arguably just as massive is, is just as profound. Like you mentioned how he gave uh, the developers, like they actually use it a real playbook. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and his whole deal was cause they, they pitched the game to him and the only way he would get involved, if it was like real, like, They wanted to do seven versus seven. He said, no, it has to be 11 versus 11. Um, It has to be as real as it can possibly be. And he said that it had to teach people about the game of football. And it did like that game has turned a lot of people into football fans. Like my son, my son is 10 years old and I'm not the type of parent that says you will sit here and watch these jets with me. I I don't think you should spread suffering purposely if if you can help it. But he he jumped on Madden probably for the first time maybe 3 3 months ago. And he did he did the the, the auto pick the teams and he ended up with the Cleveland Browns. And now he he loves Denzel Ward and he loves uh Miles, Miles Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. You know, those are his guys. So now he, like, wants to watch the Cleveland Browns. Now, I hope he doesn't become a fan because it's the damn Browns. But, you know, I'm not mad at his choice of favorite players. So, and it's it's because of Madden. And a lot of of kids learn the game of football through Madden. A lot of people learn the terminologies, cover two, cover three, cover four, Uh, you know, Learn the difference between three, four, four, three, and what a spy is, and, and, and all of that. Thanks to a video game that John Madden insisted be real and insisted teach people. So, again, condolences to the Madden family, his friends, his, his former players, his teams, the entire NFL nation, the entire gaming nation we 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 lost a real i can still hear him saying boom boom <laughs> you know so yeah r.i.p john madden yeah yeah r.i.p john madden so uh yeah man so uh, i guess that's that's pretty much it for us this week um shout out to our boy omar he, he got family and moving and all of those types of things going on congrats to him uh and i didn't say it at the top of the show but May, <clears throat> belated Merry Christmas to everybody, and an
1: early Happy New Year. And an early Happy New Year. Uh, be safe. Don't go to JPP way, and don't drink and drive. Yeah,
0: please practice safety in fireworks and alcohol. So, on behalf of myself, Mr. Matthew Freeze, and our Mr. compadre, Mr. Amari Brown, the entire flight deck podcast crew thank you guys for tuning in we appreciate the likes, shares and follows and look forward to talking to you guys next week again happy new year and let's go jets